guys we had a fun idea for today's episode and we are going to read some of the scary stories to tell in the dark the best books ever depending on how old you are i guess they're still the best books ever (laughs) i know i still have the my original copies from when i was a kid really and the illustrations to this day fucking scare me oh yeah they're crazy scary but i feel like the newer generation like the movie Scary Stories Tell in the Dark. That was terrible. Did I actually I kinda liked it, but it should have just been a whole nother movie. Like it it didn't give credit that credit was due to those stories. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like when or that maybe kid, they should have picked a couple different stories than they did. Well there was so there was cameos of tons of different ones. There were, there. yeah. But when that kid was turning into the scarecrow, that was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. I like that. But um, that's how kids these days see scary stories told in the dark. Yeah. Like when we were kids, we didn't read stories on our phones or on our computers or whatever. Like we read them from the book. And there really is something to be said for that. Your imagination lets you go crazy. And again, those illustrations are terrifying. Fuck you up. (laughs) In fact, one of the ones that I want to read is the one that has literally stuck with me my entire fucking life. Yeah, I feel like the one you're talking about, any girl that's read it, Mm -hmm. like, you haven't forgotten it. No. Like, that's just in, like, you just know that story. Yeah. Even if you've, like, the details have faded, you know that story. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, 100%. So, this is gonna be really fun. And at this point, it's probably late October. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. We're recording in early October. Yeah. It's but, only October 3rd for us, but this is like our fourth episode that we've put out today. Yeah. Because we want to stockpile because this is like our fucking happiest month ever. Yes. And we want to get as many episodes out this month as possible. So I hope you enjoy. And if you have never read Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark, you can just turn it off right now. Right. I'm just kidding. You're doing yourself a disservice and you need to crack a book. You do. But don't that turn book. us off because this will be very entertaining for you. <laughs> yeah. These stories are amazing. So I want to start by reading my favorite, the one that fucked me up the most. And I still can't look at a girl with a choker without thinking <laughs> of this story. So as soon as we come back after this amazing opener... I'm going to start with the red ribbon. Trick or treat, it's f***ing. 
fucking Halloween. Welcome back to Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. That was really spooky. Yeah. Look how it looks on the recording. I used some really special sound effects. <laughs> I cupped my hands over my mouth. I put my hands over my mouth and kept talking. Ooh. <laughs> As you're telling the story, I would be like, Meanwhile, she's flailing her arms like one of those inflated things outside of a tire store. There was a knock on the door. (laughs) Who needs sound effects when you have Mandy? When you have me, I just need like a piece of metal to be like a wind machine or like thunder. Right. Or like a slamming screen door. (laughs) All right. So I am going to start with the red ribbon. Too bad that's just a test button. Okay, The Red Ribbon is a short, scary story for kids about a girl who wears something around her neck that she refuses to take off. It's also known as the Red Satin Ribbon, the Velvet Ribbon, and the Yellow Ribbon. A version of the story appeared in Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. Bill whistled as he strolled through the park. He was on his way to meet his girlfriend, Sally. He could smell spring in the air. He jingled the engagement ring in his pocket and thought about asking Sally to marry him. Sally sat down on a park bench, and Bill kneeled down in front of her. Sally, Bill said, you are the most beautiful girl I've ever met. I love you, and I want you to be my wife. Will you marry me? Sally laughed and said, yes, I will marry you. Yes, I will marry you. Yes, I'll marry you, Bill. (laughs) As Bill gazed lovingly at his bride-to-be, his eyes lingered on the red velvet ribbon Sally always wore around her neck. Why do you always wear that red ribbon, Bill asked. Sally said, Bill, I must never take off my red ribbon. Bill smiled at Sally and left the ribbon alone. Bill and Sally were married that June. Bill found a lovely house in a nice neighborhood and they moved in. Bill bought Sally many party dresses, but Sally always wore her red ribbon with each outfit. Bill thought this was odd. All these like, (laughs) like harsh sentences. I'm like, this is definitely written for kids. Sally just smiled and said, I must never take off my red ribbon. After a few years, Sally found out she was going to have a baby. This news delighted Bill. Sally talked with her friends who had babies. Bill talked with his buddies who had children. They talked together late into the night about what they had learned from everyone. When the big day came, Sally said, please tell the doctor I must not take off my red ribbon. Bill was frustrated, but he promised Sally that he would tell the doctor. After the baby was born, Bill gave Sally flowers. Thank you for the flowers, Bill, Sally said, and thank you for telling the doctor I must not take off my red ribbon. Bill did not understand why the red ribbon was so important. Do you want to hold Lily Billy? Lily Billy. Do you want to hold little Billy, Sally asked. Bill, Sally, and little Billy lived happily for many years in the small, lovely house in the nice neighborhood. When little Billy was a baby, he would sometimes reach for the red ribbon around his mother's neck. Sally would gently take his little hands in hers and coo at him, saying, Mommy must never, ever take off her red ribbon. The red ribbon had frustrated Bill for a long time. He loved Sally with all of his heart, but did not understand her need to wear the red ribbon. We get it. (laughs) After many years, Bill had an idea. Our anniversary is coming up. I will buy Sally a beautiful necklace. She will take off that old red ribbon so she can wear the beautiful necklace. Their anniversary came... 
Bill took Sally to a fancy restaurant overlooking Central Park. And they had a delicious meal. Delicious. Delicious. What an I adjective. Scrumdillyumptious. Is that more your speed? Nope. I don't like anything <laughs> like that. Delish is even worse. <laughs> Scrumptious. <laughs> just kidding. never heard that one that's pretty bad i just cut scrumptious in half that's how i came to that all right so then bill gave sally a velvet box with a beautiful diamond necklace in it she opened it smiled and tears came out of her eyes bill put the necklace around her neck and started to take off the red ribbon sally stopped him she said i must never take off my red ribbon bill sat back in his seat with a huff he looked at sally and shook his head i may never understand bill said Sally gently placed the diamond necklace back in the velvet box and closed the lid. It is lovely, Bill. I will treasure it always, she said, but I must never take off my red ribbon. Why? Bill asked, as he had for so many years. Sally smiled and sadly shook her head. She did not answer him. Late that night, Bill was still awake. I loved Sally for more than 20 years, but she insists on wearing that horrible red ribbon around her neck. I think it's about time I found out why. Bill got out of bed and walked around to Sally's side. Bill carefully pinched the ends of the bow on the ribbon. He began to slowly pull on the ribbon. The bow became smaller and smaller and the loops of the bow pulled through and only a half knot was left. Bill slid his finger under the half knot and tugged. Zip! The red ribbon gave way. Pop! Sally's head came off. It rolled right to the floor, bouncing in the moonlight. One large tear fell from Sally's eye. I warned you, she said. And then she died? How, That's it. What, is, what are you supposed to assume at the end of that, though? You know what I mean? I'm assuming that means she's dead. At least yeah. that's how I took it when I was a ribbon. kid. Yeah, me too. Take the ribbon off. You're beheaded. Like, that you was, just killed that her. That was all that was keeping her together was that ribbon, and once her head is gone, it's it's over. Oh, that's sad. Mm-hmm. Sad indeed. All right, guys, this is a super weird situation because normally I'm to the right of Katie and today I'm to the left of Katie because I charged my stupid phone and now you're going to get to hear the right side of my voice. Which is weird. Which is different. Yeah, it is strange sitting opposite because no matter what me and Mandy do, it's always I'm I'm on the left and she's on the right. Always. And we're we're sitting opposite. It's like, well, this is strange. Yeah, this What's is happening? like the twilight zone. So if my voice sounds <laughs> different, it's because... The right side of my mouth is closer to the microphone. <laughs> I'm not sure that's a thing, but we'll roll with it. We shall see. Let us know <laughs> if I sound different. <laughs> Let us know if I sound different. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. My story is called Just Delicious from Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. I, ha- I have a feeling it's not going to be delicious. It is not, probably. It's not. Be del- it's not going to be not delicious. delicious. So it goes like this. There was a man who loved to eat. Me too. Every day he went home at noon to eat lunch with his wife, which you think is like so sweet. But this man was not a good husband. Oh. He was a mean, bad-tempered, overbearing bully, and his wife was afraid of him. I would be too. She was a shy, timid woman who did everything he asked. If she didn't, he would often beat her. What a dick. Mm-hmm. One day, on his way home for lunch, the man stopped at the butcher... <laughs> the man stopped at the butcher shop. <laughs> he kind of went to the butcher shop. <laughs> and bought a pound of liver. Ew. Yeah, I know. Gross. He gave it to his wife and told her to cook it for dinner that night. 
His wife had prepared pasta for lunch, so he sat down to eat. While the man ate his lunch, his wife told him that a rich old woman in town had died and her body had been brought to the church next door. The man was not interested in what she had to say. He was enjoying his plate of ravioli, which he washed down with a nice glass of wine. He didn't want to stop eating long enough to tell her to shut up. Because he's a dick. I was about to say, he sounds like a catch. Yeah. (laughs) Finally, while she was talking, he said, enough. I've got to get back to work. Get it, girl. So that evening... The wife began preparing the dinner. She seasoned the liver and cooked it slowly in a pot with vegetables and broth. After a while, she lifted the lid and the liver looked like it was done, so she cut off a small piece and popped it in her mouth. It was just delicious. Salty. The flavors were rich and vibrant. Yuck. I've never heard anyone (laughs) describe liver as rich or vibrant. (laughs) Uh, let's see. She thought it was the best meal she had ever made. She tasted another piece and another and another. It was so good that she couldn't stop herself. And before she knew it, the pot was empty, which is no bueno because her husband wants that liver. Mm -hmm. So then she thought of her husband and she began to panic. He would be coming home soon. What would he do when he found out that she had eaten all the liver? He was not the type of man who would understand. He would be very angry, and she remembered the beatings that he had given her before. She did not want to face that again, but where could she get a piece of liver this late in the day? (laughs) It was then that she remembered the rich old woman who was lying alone in the church next door. Lying in an open coffin, waiting to be buried. She's waiting to be buried. She's waiting to be buried. <laughs> She's waiting to be buried and the coffin's open. Yeah, I guess they had like a wake or something at the church next door. Icky. Fast forward. After finishing his meal, her husband got up from the table, patted his belly and said, that was just delicious. I bet it was, you <laughs> sick fuck. He had never had a better dinner. The salad with a drizzle of olive oil and just the right amount of garlic and vinegar the fresh garlic bread, and the tastiest, most tender liver that almost melted in his mouth. He looked at his wife and said, aren't you going to have some? I'm not hungry, she replied. You finish it. That night, they went to bed. The man had fallen asleep, but his wife was laying in the darkness, unable to close her eyes. All she could think about is what she had done. Just then, she thought she heard a voice in the distance. (laughs) My liver, it said. Who has my liver? It sounded like the voice of an old woman, like I just did. Yeah. (laughs) Again, who needs sound effects when you have Mandy? (laughs) Gradually, it came closer. (laughs) I want my liver, it said. (laughs) (laughs) Who has my liver? The wife listened. Was this just her imagination? Was she dreaming? The cry came again and again and again. It was piercing and terrible. Give me back my liver, it said. Give me back my liver. And then the wife whispered, no, 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 I don't have it. I don't have your liver. Now the voice was right next to her. Who has my liver? It asked. 
Who has my liver? Mandy has it. Shit. (laughs) (laughs) The wife was trembling with fear. She pointed to her husband and said, he does. Yes. Suddenly, the wife awoke in a cold sweat. She was so frightened, she could barely breathe. She couldn't stand the strain any longer. She shook her husband, and when he woke up, she confessed everything. She told him how she had eaten the liver that he had bought. She told him how she had crept into the church next door. She told him how she had slit open the belly of the corpse, deftly cut out the liver, and brought it home to cook it. Oh, you dumb bitch. (laughs) Her description was so vivid, her husband could almost see it happening before his eyes. He listened. He grew more and more angry. Then she told him about the ghostly voice she had heard, and he grew more fearful. The man was terrified of ghosts. I am the one who ate the liver, he said. That means she will be coming for me to wreak her vengeance. He got out of bed, and without a word, he went downstairs. His wife sat in bed wondering what he was going to do. A few minutes later, she heard his footsteps coming up the stairs again, and when he appeared in the doorway... She saw he was holding a knife in his hand, and she screamed. Later that night, the husband crept into the church next door. He approached the open coffin and placed a fresh new liver in the belly of the corpse. Then he went home, climbed into bed. His sleep was never disturbed again, and nobody ever saw his wife again. Man, he is a dick. (laughs) I love that one. That was she should have carved one. his out and put it back in the old lady. Right. If she's the one who heard the ghost first and he's an asshole, she and all like, that woman eh. wants is a liver. Right. And he's you, a dick. You can have his. Right. Right. He ain't yours. Eye for an eye. Yeah. <laughs> Agreed. So I hope you enjoyed. Where's my liver? I liked your voice effects. Yes, I'm very good at sounding like an old lady. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was scary. <laughs> I hope so. I just need my metal, like, sheets are going to be, like, making all those crashing sounds. One day. One day I'll amuse you guys with that. Yeah. Because I <laughs> often think of crashing sounds when I think of cutting a corpse open for a liver. Well, I was going to be like, dun, dun, dun. Like, thunder and lightning kind of thing. <laughs> you know what I mean? I would love to hear dun, dun, dun before a clap of thunder. <laughs> well, no, it's like either or. Oh, I got you. Yeah, it's in place of the dun dun dun. It's like lightning and thunder hits, and you're like, you just hear dun dun oh, dun shit. in your head. Yeah. Oh, you're right. Okay. Right, right, right. right. So, what yeah, you got yeah. for me next? I'm going to read Scarecrow. Scarecrow? Mm-hmm. Harold or Scarecrow? Are they the same? You will find out. <laughs> okay. Okay. You should whisper the whole story and make them really laugh. Okay, so Scarecrow is a scary story about a farmer who builds the scariest and most hideous of all scarecrows to take care of his farm. Okay. There was an old farmer in Arizona who owned the best farm in the area. Everybody said his crops were the best and people came from all over to buy their goods from him. Whenever people asked him how he was able to grow such good quality crops, the old farmer would say it was all down to his scarecrow. That literally makes no sense. The old scarecrow is the one I have to thank, said the farmer. He makes sure no crows or critters or pests come near my crops. The old farmer had built the scarecrow himself, and it was a fearsome sight. He spent months working on it to make it as scary as possible. He knew how important it was to keep the pests away from his crops, so he gave it an enormous 
or sorry, he gave it enormous straw arms that stretched out about six feet and big long legs that made him as tall as a tree. Six feet? Yeah. That's a big old scarecrow. And he's as tall as a tree. Yeah. But the scariest thing about the scarecrow wasn't its head. The farmer carved it himself out of a huge pumpkin. He spent countless days and nights perfecting his design until it was perfect. The scarecrow's face and head was so grotesque and ugly that even he was sometimes scared to look at it. But it was very effective, scaring away every rodent and bird that ventured near. The neighboring farm was owned by two young men who were named Josh and Harold. They were lazy and never did much work around the farm, which resulted in the crops being bad. They were jealous of the old farmer's success and were plotting against him. If they could drive him out of business, they could take over the farm and make more money. One night, the brothers decided to sneak onto the old farmer's land. They stole his prized scarecrow and brought it back to their own house, where they stuffed it into an old closet so no one would ever find it. Ooh, creepy. But if it's like 6, 12, we'll call it 13 at least feet wide, and as tall as a tree, where the fuck are you going to well, hide it? It's six. Its arms are six feet wide. Each. So I'm giving... I thought his arm span from tip to tip was six feet. Oh, I thought it was like six feet each. I'm not sure. Anywho. The next day, the farmer woke up to find his hideous scarecrow missing and all of his crops being eaten by rats and crows. He fell to his knees and cried, knowing that his farm would soon be out of business. Meanwhile, the brothers, Josh and Harold, were watching from their own property and couldn't help laughing out loud when they saw the old man's tears of grief. I know, right? Hearing the laughter, the old farmer came over and asked them if they knew what happened to a scarecrow. The brothers looked at him right in the eye and said that they had no idea where his precious scarecrow might be. But you know, I'll go out of business and have to sell my farm if I can't find my scarecrow, said the farmer. Josh just laughed in his face, saying, that's just your luck, isn't it? Sucks to be you, giggled Harold. The old farmer walked slowly back to his house, his head hanging down in defeat and depression. That night, Josh and Harold had trouble sleeping, not because they felt any remorse, but because they couldn't get the image of the scarecrow's horrible, twisted face out of their minds. They decided they would never be able to sleep as long as that ugly pumpkin head was in their house, so they got up and dragged the scarecrow out of the closet. Harold took a baseball bat and smashed the scarecrow's head to pieces until all that was left was bits of pumpkin strewn around the floor. That was his first mistake. Right? Well, maybe his, like, second or third, but that was like, a mistake. Yeah, I feel like it's a bad omen. <laughs> yeah. The brothers swept up the pumpkin head pieces and threw them in the trash. Then they went back to bed and were soon fast asleep, having put all the thoughts of the disgusting scarecrow face out of their heads. Mm. Sometime after midnight, Josh and Harold were awoken by the sounds of scratching and clawing at their bedroom door. Did you forget to put the dog out? Asked Harold sleepily. We don't, we don't have a dog, stammered Josh. <laughs> Suddenly, Stupid Harold. I know, right? You dumbass. Suddenly, the bedroom door burst open and a solitary, long, straw, straw arm snaked in through the opening. Then a second arm thrashed around, following by two long, stick legs. The two brothers Shit. were frozen in fear and could only look with horror as the headless scarecrow's body rose up on its long, stick legs and its long arms reached out for them in the darkness. Harold felt a cold, sinewy, straw claw clothes around his ankle and screamed as loud as he could he begged his brother josh to help him but josh was already running out of the bedroom fleeing in terror he ran down the hallway crashed through the front door and out into the moonlit road he ran as fast as his legs could carry him puffing and panting and screaming at the top of his voice as he passed his neighbor's house he saw the old farmer standing at his gate 
In the moonlight, he could see the farmer just staring at him with a strange smile on his face. Josh kept running, his bare feet slapping against the cold gravel road. He glanced back over his shoulder and saw something that scared him to his very soul. He saw the scarecrow running along the road close behind him. It was gating on him, coming closer and closer. And that wasn't all he saw. He noticed that the scarecrow had a brand new head, and it looked a lot like Harold. The end. So that's the origin story for Harold. It is. You've got to do Harold next. Okay. Please. You got it. Please do that, girl. Okay. (laughs) We're going to be back after this quick break. Quick break? A quick break. Okay. It's a big contagion. Okay, guys, this story is called The Bride from Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. If you're old enough to remember that. I know, right? <laughs> or if you pass it down to your children. <laughs> or if you still read it like I do. Like I have done. <laughs> I know. If you're still into it like we are because it's, it's like my favorite book. <laughs> Anyways, it goes like this. A young couple got married and after the wedding, they held a reception in the bride's grandmother's house. All their family and friends arrived, and they laughed, they danced, they sang long into the night. After the wedding reception, the guests decided to play a game of hide-and-seek. The groom covered his eyes and began counting to a hundred, while his new bride and the other guests ran out of the room looking for somewhere to hide. Interesting wedding game. Eventually, the groom had found everyone except his beautiful bride. The other guests began calling out her name and searched everywhere for the young woman. They began to grow more and more uneasy when they couldn't find any trace of her. Eventually, they gave up searching and everybody assumed that the girl had run away and left her husband. As the weeks went by, the husband accepted that his beautiful bride must have had second thoughts about their marriage. He decided to forget about her and go on with his life. A few years later, years, a cleaning lady was dusting in the attic when she came across an old trunk. Out of curiosity, she opened it. Inside the trunk, she found the rotting corpse of a young woman still dressed in a bridal gown. There was a wedding ring on her bony finger. It was the missing bride. She must have hidden in the trunk and accidentally locked herself inside. It was impossible to tell whether she had suffocated or starved to death, but her face was frozen in a silent scream. Oh, <laughs> so gross. So gross. What? I, my initial thought was the dumb bitch couldn't climb out of the trunk. But then you were like, she, she got locked, locked in. Yeah. yeah. And they never heard her screams. God. That's like a real fear of mine. Like, you better fucking not stop looking for me after one night. Like, oh, I guess she ran away and, like, Right, she must have left me right after she went through with the wedding. On your wedding night, right, idiot. Gosh, I know it's fake, but, you know, if I think about these things, like, they could really happen. That groom is dumb as fuck. I would haunt the fuck out of you. No kidding. There should be the bride part two, 
where the groom comes back. I mean, the bride comes back and, and haunts, haunts the, the fuck out of him. Yeah. yeah. For sure. Okay, so we heard the origin story of Harold. So now let's talk the real story. Yes, I didn't even know that the fictional Harold had an origin story. <laughs> Neither did I, but that was fun. But now that I think about it, I feel like Dexter watched some animated scarecrow scary story thing. Mm-hmm. And I think it was that story. No shit. Yeah. 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 Okay. So let's get down to, to business. Let's do this damn thing. Let's do the let's Herald. Do Herald. Let's do Harold. <laughs> let's do Harold. Everybody do the Harold. Yeah. <laughs> and stands like a scarecrow. Hmm. Now go. tear someone's skin off. <laughs> and stand like a scarecrow. <laughs> and wear that skin. <laughs> Okay. We need to make a music video. <laughs> <laughs> like that one girl, what's her name? She's so fucking funny and she does the Halloween workout where she's like... <laughs> she oh, says, and like the dance for Jesus. Squash, and kick him in the crotch. Squash, and <laughs> kick him in the crotch. And she's like, bash Beelzebub. Like she's so fucking funny, dude. I fucking love her. Anyway. Yeah, we, she's we, done we a bunch make, of them. Yeah, she has. She does like Easter and Christmas and... I can't remember her name. I want to say Jenna Marbles, but I know it's not. It's Jenna definitely Marbles. not Jenna, Jenna Marbles. <laughs> no, but Jenna anyway, Marbles. That's neither here nor there. No, but we should totally do something like that. <laughs> <It's> so <laughs> fucking funny. Okay. Can you imagine us in like leotards? <laughs> <laughs> it would more like we're gonna squash the demons out of us. <laughs> it would be me with a high, like, top knot and sweatpants. <laughs> And like my Incubus T-shirt in a Starbucks cup. <laughs> that's me. This is this is how fucking I leotard over out. here. <laughs> I sit on the couch with Starbucks. I'd be wearing a leotard and sweatbands and like those big jelly socks that you can like twist around. Scrunch socks with the Reebok high tops. Fuck yeah! And the shiny latex pants with or a side ponytail. Not latex. Ew. Like spandex. Spandex. <laughs> With a side ponytail, she and I said have, late. I had half of my bangs up and half down. She doesn't even half bangs, so I'm dying to see this. With a giant scrunchie and hot pink lipstick. Yeah, that's what I do. With blue eyeshadow. Blue eyeshadow, probably most definitely, actually, yeah. Most definitely, actually, probably. <laughs> <laughs> There's so much going on right now. I know. <laughs> anyway, Can we get back to Harold? I just got a second wind. Yes, let's do Harold. I'm still sticking with sweatpants and an Incubus T-shirt, and Starbucks and shit. When it got hot in the valley, Thomas and Alfred drove their cows up to a cool green pasture in the mountains to graze. Usually they stayed there with the cows for two months. Then they brought them down to the valley again. <coughs> I, I'm sorry, you okay? <laughs> Jesus, fuck, what's happening? Oh my god, I almost peed my pants. I'm fine. I started <laughs> choking on my drink. I'm good. I'm good. And you almost peed yourself? Well, because the coughing was pushing on my bladder. Yay, pelvic floor. <laughs> Yay, poor kids. I know, right? Um, The work was easy enough, but oh, it was boring. (laughs) All day, the two men tended their cows. At night, they went back to the tiny hut where they lived. They ate supper and worked in the garden and went to sleep. It was always the same. Then Thomas had an idea that changed everything. 
Let's make a doll the size of a man, he said. It would be fun to make, and we could put it in the garden to scare the birds. Oh, that's a good idea. It should look like Harold, Alfred said. Harold was a farmer they both hated. They made a doll out of old sacks and stuffed with straw. They gave it a pointy nose like Harold's and tiny eyes like his. Then they added dark hair and a twisted frown. Of course, they also gave it Harold's name. Each morning, on their way to the pasture, they tied Harold to a pole at the garden to scare away the birds. Each night, they brought him inside the, so he wouldn't get ruined if it rained. When they were feeling playful, they would talk to him. One, one of the... God, I feel like I can't read. <laughs> one of them might say, how are the vegetables growing today, Harold? Then the other, making believe he was Harold, would answer in a crazy voice, very slowly. They both would laugh, but not Harold. Obviously. <laughs> Because he's a scarecrow. Right, because he's not real. When something went wrong, they took it out on Harold. They would curse at him, even kick or punch him. Sometimes one of them would take the food they were eating, which they both were sick of, and smear it on the doll's face. How do you like that stew, Harold? He would ask. (laughs) Well, you better eat it or else. Then the two men would howl with laughter. These guys are douche canoes. (laughs) Oh my God. I haven't heard that term in a long time. So I used it. And bringing it back. One night after Thomas had wiped Harold's face with food, Harold grunted. Did you hear that? Alfred asked. It was Harold, Thomas said. I was watching him when it happened. I can't believe it. How could he grunt? Alfred asked. He's just a sack of straw. It's not possible. Let's throw him in the fire, Thomas said, and that will be that. Let's not do anything stupid, said Alfred. We don't know what's going on. When we move the cows down... We'll leave him behind. For now, let's just keep an eye on him. So they left Harold sitting in the corner of the hut. They didn't talk to him or take him outside anymore. Now and then the doll grunted, but that was all. After a few days, they decided there was nothing to be afraid of. Maybe a mouse or some insects had gotten inside Harold and were making those sounds. So Tom and Alfred went back to their old ways. Each morning they put Harold out in the garden, and each night they brought him back into the hut. When they felt playful, they joked with him, and when they felt mean, they treated him as badly as ever. Then one night, Alfred noticed something that frightened him. Harold is growling, he said. I was thinking the same thing, Thomas said. Maybe it's just our imagination, Alfred replied. We've been up here on this mountain for too long. The next morning, while they were eating, Harold stood up and walked out of the hut. He climbed up on the roof and trotted back and forth like a horse on its hind legs. All day and all night, he trotted like that. In the morning, Harold climbed down and stood in a far corner of the pasture. The men had no idea what he would do next. They were afraid. They They should be. I know, right? That is not normal. No. (laughs) God. I would have, like... I would have shit myself and died. (laughs) You almost brought up and died. (laughs) Died. (laughs) You almost brought that up again. No, if a fucking scarecrow is doing that shit in your house, you fucking tear him apart because he's made of straw. You fucking die. <laughs> if you don't tear him apart, you will die. Right. Idiots. They fucking Amateurs. <laughs> Amateurs. <laughs> they decided to take the cows down into the valley that same day. When they left, Harold was nowhere in sight. They felt as if they had escaped a great danger and began joking and singing. Well, these guys they are jumped fucking to conclusions stupid. a little too quick. Right? Idiots. But when they had gone only a mile or two, they realized they had forgotten to bring the milking stools. Neither one wanted to go back for them, but the stools would cost a lot to replace. 
There really is nothing to be afraid of, they told one another. <laughs> what makes them think that after what they experienced? The only answer I could come up with is they're men. <laughs> well, yeah. After all. Certain men. After all. What could a doll do? Okay, well, a doll that can get up and move and dance. That can, like, fucking pace around. clearly not just a doll. Right. (laughs) They drew straws, pun intended, to see which one would go back. It was Thomas. I'll catch up with you, he said. And Alfred walked toward the valley. I'm sorry, you went alone? Yeah, they're both idiots. Yeah. When Alfred came to a rise in the path, he looked back for Thomas. He did not see him anywhere, but he did see Harold. The doll was on the roof of the hut again. As Alfred watched, Harold kneeled and stretched out a bloody skin to dry in the sun. Because he killed him. Because they're idiots. Because he killed him dead. Hey, guys. So that was... (laughs) That was our episode for tonight. But on a serious note... Um, if you do like what you hear, we haven't asked in a while, um, but if you do like what you hear, we're not just on Instagram, we're on Facebook, we're on Twitter, and actually we never go on We're Twitter. never on Twitter, but we're there. But we're, we have an account on Twitter, but we never go on it. So we Facebook, have a presence. <laughs> Facebook and Instagram um, are our main two things, but also if you like what you hear, find us on mm-hmm. iTunes or whatever platform you listen to us on, and... Uh, subscribe or review or both and if you do leave us a review send us a screenshot so we know who it's from and we can oh we're also on youtube oh duh we're on youtube too we're like youtubers now (laughs) we have our own channel and everything we have have our own channel (laughs) (laughs) anywho (laughs) if you fucking like it leave us a fucking review and we would fucking appreciate it love Love you Treated fucking Halloween.